0: that these kings were just happening to look at the stars and then they tied it together, want to follow the star. No, that was because God used Daniel while he was in Babylon. Think about that. In the Babylonian captivity, it's a dark time for Israel. Christians, or what we'd say the Jewish followers at that time, those following the, the teachings of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, are being persecuted, and yet God is bringing them there to fulfill prophecy. Just maybe another one to think about. This is another sad prophecy coming true as well. But how many know that children have been slaughtered at key times throughout history? One key time in the Bible was when Moses was born, and they knew the Egyptians that a deliverer would be coming. That There was a movement among the Jewish people waiting for this, and so they went to murder those little children. And guess when the Bible says they did it again during the time of Jesus? And of course, that's sad in the sense of how wicked people are, but they're doing the same thing today, so let's not forget, in abortion clinics. And yet, understand this, the Bible prophesied that while people would be wailing over the loss of their children, thinking about that, wailing that the Messiah would be coming through the tears. Wow. How can you orchestrate something like that? Only God. Somebody say, only God. And so I want you to think about that and not of terms of familiarity where you think of the Christmas story is just one of many stories that is out there and the History Channel every now and then during this time will get you to think that there were pagans that believed their gods came into human form and there were some miracles and so forth. None of those stories compare to what the Bible teaches. Literally, it's no different than comparing Thor to Jesus. Yeah, there may be a few things in common, but there's no comparison. And those stories were known to be myths, and yet our story is right in history. When you read the book of Luke, which we're going to be reading here in a little bit, Luke is by secular, non-Christian historians known to be one of the best resources for that time in the world. Not just Pliny, not just the times of Josephus and others who were given uh, governmental positions to be historians, Luke is considered just as good, if not better, than them. And yet Luke tells us that it was during the time of a census, and he gives us an idea of when that was, that Jesus is going to be born, and that's what moves uh, Joseph over to Bethlehem. And notice that our story then tells you the ups and downs of the people in the history. In other words, they're not making it up because if they were, they're making our heroes look really stupid. When you look at the story of Jesus, what comes first? One of the priests being told by an angel, you and your wife are going to get together and have a child, and then that child will prepare the way for the Messiah. And what does that priest do? Does that priest say, yeah, of course, I agree with that. That sounds amazing. God can do anything. No, the priest argues with the angel and then becomes mute. That's how the story of Luke begins, where the heroes are failing right in front of us. And yet, John the Baptist comes through Zechariah and Elizabeth. And yet we see that that is not the Messiah. That's the one preparing for the Messiah. And once again, did you know that John the Baptist is actually prophesied in the last chapter of the Old Testament? In the book of Malachi, as what we will know as God's final revelation in that covenant, the prophecy of one like Elijah coming to prepare the way, not just of another prophet, but to prepare the way of the Lord is prophesied. Once again, can you think of any figure that was given a miraculous birth, not a virgin birth, but a miraculous birth to elderly parents with one job and one job only, to announce the way of Muhammad? Can you think of anyone in history like that? To announce the way of Adolf Hitler or to announce the way of Buddha? And yet in our Bible, it's prophesied hundreds of years beforehand that not only is the Messiah coming, in fulfillment of these prophecies, but there's a forerunner coming right alongside of him, going to be his cousin. And he will have a special calling to announce the way of the Lord. Are you now ready for Luke chapter 1 verse 26? Amen. The word of the Lord never fails. Amen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now you know who she is, That is Zechariah's wife, and they're an elderly couple that's received a promise from God to be fulfilled to have a child, just like Abraham and Sarah did in their old age. God sent the, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, notice that it says once again, her genealogy is from David. So when Jesus takes on flesh, remember he pre-existed the incarnation. Jesus is not starting to exist when he's born. He's just taking on flesh, just like these children put on clothes this morning and you existed before your clothes, right? You existed before you put on those clothes, right? Well, Jesus existed before he put on the baby's flesh. He was forever in heaven with the Father. But notice this, when the angel comes to him, Uh, comes to Mary rather, he doesn't pick out someone from the tribe of uh, uh, another tribe like say of Simeon. He doesn't come to the tribe of Levi. He comes to the tribe of Judah, a descendant of David. That was a prophecy that from David's line would forever be a king. Now imagine thinking that as the Israelites did, and then watching David's first descendant, Solomon, descend into such gross sin and immorality that now people like myself and other scholars don't even know if we'll see him in heaven. Solomon was wicked. Solomon had about a 1,000 concubines, 300 plus wives. His heart was turned towards idolatry. So what do you think those people were having in their minds at that time when they're hearing the promise that one of David's descendants will rule upon the throne and be righteous and be our Messiah? And the very one after David is the biggest mess up that they can even imagine, even worse than Saul in many ways. They're probably going, where in the world did we go wrong? And then after Solomon, his children divide the kingdom and then the, ch- the children after them, those lines of kings, become so disgusting before God, they sin so much that they start taking their children to worship false gods and offer them to Molech in sacrifices where they take the children and put it onto the hot, burning statue of Molech so that the child is burned alive in front of the congregation of Israel. They worship demon gods. And now notice... Not one promise of God will fail because Jesus is going to be the true king of Israel, a descendant of David. Mary comes from David. That's why when the demons would see him, they would also call, one of the titles they called him was son of David. Why were they threatened by that? Because they knew that the one that would crush them, bring the kingdom of God to earth to defeat the evil, would come through David, and here he is coming through the Virgin Mary. Can I hear an amen? Not one promise will fail. She's from David. The Virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be because she doesn't meet angels every day. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him what? Somebody say his name. Jesus. Everybody say it together. One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus. Mary is not going to have marital relations with Joseph and have this baby. It is going to be the most unique miracle of birth in the entire history of the world. Notice that she is going to conceive and give birth to a child. And then what is the child going to do? He will be great, will be called the son of the most high. So this means if the most high is his father and his father is by nature God, what is Jesus going to be in his nature? God, if my father is a human, what am I in nature as a son? A human. If you have a a pet and it's a dog and the dog has a child, a baby, what is the baby by nature? A dog. So when we say son of God, we can also say God the son. He's equal with the father, but he is not the father. These three persons also, the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to hear about in just a moment, are one in nature. Notice this. Do not be be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will what? Never end. See, the promise of God to Israel was an eternal promise. That's why today still people hate Israel without cause. We can say there's things they've done wrong. We may not support every one of their politics. And to that sense, we could say Israel has issues. But you don't see anywhere near the hate for God's people towards all the other peoples of the world. Right now, there is sex trafficking all throughout Eastern Europe. Where are we calling out those nations? There are African nations enslaving each other right now, and we don't see hatred towards those nations. In Latin America, many of the nations are ruled by drug lords and gangsters, and yet we are not even caring about them and why their people come in caravans to try to run for asylum out of those nations. And yet Israel can have their people and their children butchered, and people will go on television to defend Hamas and say they have the right to butcher their children even to this point where now some TikTokers are defending Osama bin Laden in 9-11. Anti-Semitism is real, folks. There is a reason why they went after the Jews back in the times of Babylon and the Assyrian time and there was a reason why they did it during World War II and there's a reason why they do it now. It's because we don't fight with flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of darkness. And they hate those people because those people represent God and his kingdom. And all born-again Christians have a citizenship in Israel to rule and reign with Christ. And so the nation of America will go into the way of the Antichrist towards the end with all of the other nations as they gather as one to fight against our God. And yet, the nation of Israel will be saved. In other words, heaven is not where you go forever. Heaven is where you go until the kingdom of God comes down and Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem where we will be citizens of that kingdom. We need to pray for the shalom and the peace of Israel. Amen? But that was a promise given to Mary, a Jewish girl. And now look at what she says in verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? She is old enough to be able to conceive a child. She understands what it means to be a virgin. Some say she could have been as young as 14 or 15. And children, this does not give you permission at that age to have sex. But in that culture, as many of our grandparents were able to start earlier because they were taught to do it and they were mature to do it. So we don't know if she was as young as a 14 or 15-year-old or as old as 18, 19, 20, which was more closer to the average age. We see that she's aware, she understands, and she asks a question because it is against the Jewish law to fornicate. And so if the angel is saying that you're going to have a child and you're going to give birth to this, she's saying I am not lawful to have sex outside of marriage only if we had some people in that age group today with holiness like Mary to understand you don't have sex outside of marriage. Can I hear an amen from parents? So she asked, how can I have a child since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit. So we've heard about the Father. We've heard about the Son. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. Thank you, now the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called what? The Son of God. So he's not going to be the son of Joseph. Does everybody get that? He's not going to bear the nature only of a man. That's going to come through Mary. But his eternal nature is going to come from God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Let's say it together. One, two, three. For no word from God will ever fail. Do you all believe that? Now I have to say this because we live in a wicked, wicked generation that will abort their children, that will tear apart, and I try to watch with our children here, tear apart healthy bodies of children to make them a gender they weren't born with, And they'll look at our scriptures and they'll say the Holy Spirit raped Mary. That's how they'll distort it. And that's why as a pastor, I have to teach you the truth because they'll try to come on and say, well, this young lady was just taken advantage of by the Holy Spirit. But I want you to see what does it say in verse 38? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. This holy, precious virgin Young lady gave her consent to the Holy Spirit, to birth in her the Son of God. There is no rape. There is no manipulation. This young lady was on fire for the God of Israel. She loved the God of Israel. And when given a chance to serve and to give birth to the Son of God, to provide the flesh earth suit as spacemen need spacesuits to go to space. For her to provide the flesh suit for Jesus, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May we all be like Mary and serve the Lord today and carry Jesus everywhere we go. Did you get that? See, Mary was obedient to carry Jesus in her womb. And today, Christians, we need to be obedient to carry Jesus in our hearts to this world. Come on, somebody. She was blessed to be a blessing. She didn't look at it as an inconvenience. She looked at it as a chance to serve the Lord. Now look at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried into town into the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is one of the scriptures that we share with people who think that women have an alien inside of them. And therefore, if a pregnant woman has an alien inside of her, she can murder it and do whatever she wishes with it, even calling it a parasite at times. The Bible is very clear that that little bit of skin does not take away a person's dignity, honor, and respect or their soul made in the image of God. In here, John the Baptist has a Holy Ghost party when Mary shows up and starts dancing in the womb. Elizabeth feels John kicking and moving in there. And not only that, but she gets filled with the Holy Ghost, a, pre, uh, a, a pre-taste a of Pentecost as Mary comes with Jesus into her room. What does that mean? That means when we carry Jesus into our culture, into the places that God has called us, those who are listening, those who have an open heart can have things come to life, move around, get busy for Jesus, and get filled with power to see things happen. You and I are supposed to be world changers and history makers and roof breakers. I want to hear that where you go in your life, that you stir things up for the life of God on your job, in your family, and in your community. Amen? Not everybody hates the gospel. There are those that God is working to bring us in, to bring something to life, to stir it up so that the power of God can be real in their life. Has anybody here ever been around another Christian and felt the presence of God? Has anybody ever said that about you, that being around you, they knew that something was different? It goes back to even that time. And so Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit In a loud voice, she now cries out, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But I, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? See, they understood that the Lord was at stake here, not just a prophet. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. You see, a word of the Lord will never fail, but the Lord is looking for people to partner with to bring it about. God could do this all by himself if he wanted to. He could have had the first uh, test tube baby be born, and there would have been Jesus. There, you know, like as you would see in some sci-fi movie, all of a sudden an egg appears. Maybe it's translucent. You can see through the egg. Just follow me on this sci-fi journey for a moment. And inside there is something like maybe the story of Superman, whatever. Inside there is a little baby already living and moving. And then somebody cracks open the egg or the little mini spaceship. And here comes Jesus. Couldn't God have done that? Yeah, God could have done that. But he uses people. People like you and I. People who are willing to believe and be obedient. Couldn't today, like right now, couldn't God allow an angel to come and preach and do this service? I mean... You and I can easily imagine a different kind of universe where we are always in the presence of supernatural beings and they kind of rule over us and talk to us and tell us what to do. God could have set it up that way. But the Bible says when He created mankind, He gave them dominion over the earth. You and I are meant to have dominion. We're not to leave the, garden, the, the gardening to the angels, we're supposed to go out and garden. We're not supposed to leave the child bearing to the storks. We're supposed to get busy and make some children. Can I hear an amen? I'm going to say this again, but in PG. How many are glad babies don't come from heaven with storks, but you get to enjoy a moment with your husband or wife? I'll look away while you shout amen if you believe it. Come on. You see, we have a part to play. And not only that, how about rebuilding Chicago? How about rebuilding the nation? How about turning back to our roots of our ancestors and building up our families and communities again? Is that being left to angels? No, God is calling us. So blessed are you, brother, sister, young person, when you believe that the Lord will fulfill his promises to you. What promises are you holding on to right now this year that are coming inside of you in seed form that you're waiting to be birthed? You need to decide today. I believe, I believe God will do it. I'll be faithful. Imagine the faith of Mary, no different than any one of us here. Facing her fears, facing her shortcomings, facing what people will say about her. Because even to this day, Jewish people, if you go down to Skokie and you go to the rabbinical schools and you ask them one of their interpretations of Jesus' life, because they don't believe he's the Messiah, one of their interpretation is that he's a bastard child. To this day, he's still called a bastard by Jews who reject the virgin birth. That Mary went out, had a child outside of marriage, and that she didn't want to die and suffer the penalty. And Joseph, feeling sorry for her, took her in. But that was not his child. It was another man's child. And so Jesus grew up with his chip on his shoulder. And that's part of his upbringing. That's what some will say happened. Everybody say the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Jesus was not a bastard child. Jesus was the prize and joy of heaven. He was what angels longed to look at. He was the worship of all of those living creatures that if we saw them, we would want to probably fall and worship them if we didn't know any better. And yet he was the worship of all of heaven. And yet he comes down to earth to be born as a human, to be like one of us. And here we see that Elizabeth blesses Mary and says, this is what stands out about Mary. This is what's unique about Mary. She's blessed because she believed the Lord would fulfill his promise. Somebody say, she was blessed because she believed. Come on, I wish I had somebody today to believe and be blessed. I wish I had half a church on Christmas Eve to believe and be blessed. Your 2024 won't be the same if you believe and are blessed. Sometimes people say, that's just good preaching, but it doesn't work when I go to my job because they don't like me there. That's not true. The Bible has blessed people even when there was haters, even when there was imitators. Are you listening? God has always blessed his people beyond the stress of this world. As the old timers used to say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And if the devil's messing, that means God's blessing. I'm trusting the Lord today. I want my family to see the blessings of God. I want you to come back next year and say God did more in 2024 than he had ever done before. That's, that's in a couple weeks' message, but you all get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying. Okay. It says that she's blessed. You all ready for her song? I said, you ready for Mary's song? In closing, I want you to hear what she said and look at your neighbor and say, we ready for the message now. That was just the introduction? That was just getting you to the point where we can now preach the sermon? I hope that you're not in a hurry, half kid. Here are the points I wanted to share with you quickly. Notice now Mary's response to all of this. Number one, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. We have to have a spirit of praise and glory to God all the days of our life. We can never forget why we are here. Some of us wish that we were chosen for a different path, but you know what? I love what one person said. If the grass looks greener on the other side, that's because they went through a lot of uh, uh, poopski, and they fertilized it. (laughs) you hear what I'm saying, somebody? I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but when I heard it, I understood it. Because I've been through some stuff, if you know what I mean. And if you look today at my yard and there's some green grass, it's because there's some manure, if I can say it like that, that's been fertilizing that grass. In other words, you might see somebody's story, but you don't know their glory. You might look at my house now and say, "Oh, it's easy for him to rejoice and praise the Lord." But I was praising the Lord on Addison and Pulaski. I was praising him in Humboldt Park. Come on, on Lawndale. I was praising him every step along the way. When I had, I didn't always drive an SUV. I used to drive a, a, a station wagon that my parents gave me because they felt sorry for me. Are you listening to me? My 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 in-laws had to bring groceries and olives and Greek dainties for us to eat because we couldn't afford it. See don't look at my grass now and say it's just green because it was so easy for them. No it's green because there was some manure and fertilizer, some stuff I had to go through so that it can grow. Is there anybody else here that glorifies the Lord, rejoices in God because he's been good all the time and all the time God is good. Woo! hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what Mary's doing. Mary's not rejoicing in God because it's just payday. She's rejoicing in God because it's God's day. That's why we don't do funerals like the world. That's why we don't go pray for the sick and visit our friends and family in the hospital like the world. We come with hope. Every day is a good day with Jesus. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. We believe in them. The first thing she does is she praises God. The second thing is she recognizes how God works, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. So often we think that God is where the proud are at. But just go back to the story of his birth. Is he born in a palace, you Is he born in a palace? Was Jesus born in Disney World with princesses all around? No, he was born in a manger. He was born like the poor. He was born like those who didn't have a place to stay. And so she teaches us the way the kingdom works. It's an upside down kingdom, whereas you could say it's really right side up. God is setting things in order. If you want to go up, you have to go down. If if you want to get the praise of God, you've got to be able to trust him during the pain of life. See, your pain has a purpose. Your pain is not purposeless. Everything you go through has a purpose, and you have to trust God and be humble. I know that we can be confident and humble at the same time, but so often we think of cockiness and and pride as something to be admired. I don't know about you, but I'm done keeping up with the Kardashians. I just want to keep up with the Holy Spirit. Anybody else here today? Is everybody else, come on, are you done looking at every Twitter, Instagram reel of some movie star trying to make you feel jealous of them? Come on, brothers and sisters. Remember this, that God is with the humble. Can you be humble and have a lot of good things in life? Absolutely. But just remember that if you don't guard your heart, as we learned in the offering message, what became a result of a God's blessing can now become your idol. Remember we talked about Solomon. Solomon was blessed with wealth. Richest man that's ever been on the planet in the world. He was the richest man. He made gold so valuable that they said, we don't even know what to do with it anymore. They were putting gold on everything, and silver became almost worthless. Everybody was giving him money, and then what happened? He took that money and made it his idol. I hear people say, oh, if God would bless me with a family, I would be so happy. And then God bless them with a family. They can't come to church because now they got a family. Come on, isn't that just the height of stupidity? People say they want God to bless them with a job, and then God will bless them with a job and education. And then they say they can't join the life group or the discipleship because of their job. You all get what I'm saying. Young people say, i got to get to college. i got to get a degree. I'm the first one in my family to go to school. And then you talk to them on winter break, even right now, some of them, and you ask if they've been going to Bible study there on the college campus, if they've joined a Christian club, and they say, no, I'm too busy going to school. Come on, somebody. Don't let what God has blessed you with become a curse to make you proud. Be humble in your blessings because God is looking after the humble. She says, from now all generations will call me blessed. Everybody say, the blessed Virgin Mary. Some of you almost feel like you want to do do this now. Just where, okay, what do we do next, Pastor? I'm ready now, okay. But you see, that's all we have to do. We don't have to go to that other stuff they made up because it doesn't say, now they'll light candles to me. Does it say, that now they'll make pictures of me and put them in their car like a bobblehead or statues and so forth? There's Mary bobbling around as she's in the car. No, it doesn't say we're, going to, we're all going to do that, it, but it does say we'll call her blessed because she's an example to us. Everybody get this. She's an example to us of where Eve went wrong. You see, Eve didn't know how to carry the blessing of God. Eve took what God gave her and then used it against God. Eve brought death instead of life. Are you listening to me? And what does Mary do? Mary comes in obedience. Mary comes in humility. Mary receives what the Holy Spirit is giving and incubates it and cares for it and brings forth life instead of death and a curse. She brings forth a blessing. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that Mary is the second Eve as Jesus is the second Adam. Can I hear an amen to that? That's some theology today to understand that we see the redemption of both genders in the story of Jesus' birth. Man is being redeemed. The male gender being redeemed through the work of Jesus as a man. And the woman is being saved through the childbearing of Mary to bring about the Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah so that we can see what they messed up God now has meant for good. Amen. He Came to this precious woman and now she is called blessed. Verse 49 The mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I don't know, children, what you guys are getting for Christmas, but what my kids are getting for Christmas is one card for all six of them, and it's going to say, Merry Christmas. You have clothes, you have food. You have a place to live, and if you're good, every now and then you'll get candy and ice cream. Merry Christmas. So listen, kids, if you get anything after that, you count yourself blessed, amen. And then all of us adults here, we better count our blessings because I don't know about you, but you can get comfortable with whatever status you're at and then to start taking it for granted, This right here happened in a basketball accident, me just trying to go this way, and then the popping of my tendon. Do you know that I don't think there was ever a day in my life that I thought about the Achilles tendon until I ruptured it? Come on, can anybody else relate to this? I never thought about it a day in my life. Now, every day, I just thank God for this one that works. Thank God I got this one. I can wiggle the toes here. Oh, thank God I got that one. I never understood how much I loved that tendon until something happened. Brothers and sisters, don't wait for it to be gone before you have to recognize how blessed you are in those things. Count those blessings. Mary understood, the Lord's done this for me. He's taken care of me. He's provided for me. He's done this and he's done that. Holy is his name. Before we ever ask God to do another thing, we need to thank him for all that he's done. Verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. In the last few moments that we have right here, come on, listen to, listen to her song slash prayer. She talks about fearing God. Mary understood that that Jesus that was coming, even as a cute baby in a manger, would be a conquering king over the nations. She understood that David was not just a Brad Pitt movie star, fake it till you make it type of warrior. But David was a dude who slaughtered people and was a powerful warrior. And so when she understood, I'm bringing forth the Messiah, the Mashiach, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. She understood, if you could put it up there for me please, Psalm chapter 2, that now when this king comes, all the nations better bow before him or get crushed by him. And in our generation, come on, we need to know this. The Bible says the kings of the earth have risen up together, the rulers band together. They say, let us take a stand against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the Christ there. Anointed means Christ. Let us break their chains. See, they look at the commandments of God as chains, as shackles, things that bring them burdens, where really it's the commands of God that set them free from burdens. But the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at us. So he mocks them. He rebukes them in his anger, terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain mountain notice this david speaking hundreds of years before the birth of christ this is what that king will be like and david even knew it wasn't him i will proclaim the lord's decree he said to me you are my son today i've become your father ask me and i will make the nations your inheritance the ends of the earth your possession you will break them with a rod of iron you will dash them to pieces like what like pottering. I've always said this because I'm a little sassy, but the Bible doesn't say celebrate his, worth, uh, his birth, it says celebrate his judgment. So instead of giving presents, we should take out baseball bats and go into the garden and break some pots today. Are you guys listening? That would be a fun tradition, wouldn't it? Everybody just get some pots in your backyard, hand a bat to your kids and go, go at it. There's a place right now every time I pass it, go home that they do that now. You know, they give you a bat and let you break some stuff. That, that's what we should do to celebrate what Jesus is going to do in his second coming because he's not a baby anymore. He's a king riding a horse and he's coming to conquer the nations. And so you better get right or get run over. But go back to Mary, please, because Mary, in her sweet little song, she said that. Mary said that. She's basically saying that the fear of the Lord be passed down from generation to generation. That's why this generation has no uh, morality. That's why they don't know how to treat each other, right? Because they don't fear God. How many understand what it means to fear God? That's why you don't take his name in vain, and yet you hear people do it all the time. That's why you don't do wrong to your neighbor. It's not because you can get away with it. It's because God's going to watch you. God's going to see that. How many know they just got the dean of Chicago, the number one alderman, now on all these counts, and he's about ready of of corruption to go to jail for 20 years as a 70-year-old man? Anybody hear about him yet? He's just another one to bite the dust in our Chicago corrupted politics. And he probably thought to himself, all of these years, I'm boss hog. Come see me if you want to get something done. Come see me. I'll take a little bit on our table. And now he's being marched out with federal policemen. There will be a day of reckoning for every sinner. And I was talking about this with some of our uh, uh, friends yesterday. What makes the difference between those of us who have made it 20, 30 years and our friends who backslid along the way? And all of us agreed it was the fear of God. That's why I'm still here while my friend who committed adultery on his wife in ministry, is selling used cars and not preaching anymore. He didn't fear God. He thought he could get away with it. He thought it would all work out. There's another preacher that's just been exposed. 20 years ago, he was messing with a 19-year-old girl while he was 42 years old, telling her that God told me you're going to be my wife when my wife passes away, lying to her. And yet it gets exposed now, and he loses this ministry that has millions of followers, tens of thousands of local participants, and it's all being brought forth to the local news in Kansas City. You can look it up. That's as much as I'll say here. To the mockery and shame of the church. Here goes another one. I'll stay home on Sunday if that's what you want. If that's what you think uh, Christianity is, if that's what you want me to do, I'll rather stay home. I remember when my pastor, Brother Anthony Freeman, was working a fast food joint, and Jimmy Swaggart fell. That was the big one of the 80s. And the guy looked at him and said, don't you ever talk to me about Jesus again. If that's what goes on in your church, I don't want to hear it. We forgot the fear of the Lord. From the pulpit to the pew, nobody fears God. But Mary said, you better keep it from generation to generation. That's why I like it, little Titus right here. When he says, when he watches them on TV and he goes, are they going to hell? I like when you ask that. Just keep on asking that. Daddy will tell you, yeah, they're going right to hell if they don't repent. I'm not happy about hell, but hell is real. Are you listening to me? There's consequences. And she understood that. Lastly, as we get to these points here. He's performed mighty deeds with his outstretched arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. God's going to judge, friends. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. I kind of think of like Jesus saying, come down, and bringing kings to their knees. Come down, Buddha. Come down, Muhammad. Come down, you emperors, and worship at my feet. Come down. He rips them from their thrones, and he says, you do not belong here. There's only one throne. There is only one King of Kings. There is only one Creator, and you're not it. If anybody remembers, even in uh, Marvel comics, when uh, Captain America is hanging out with Thor for the first time, and I think it was Black Widow says, "Hey, be careful. He's considered a god where he comes from." And Captain America said, "Ma'am, there's only one God, and he's not it." Are you listening to me? There's only one God. There's only one king of kings, and God's going to bring them down. No one lasts forever. I love love those old action heroes. I think they were a lot better than the ones we have now, but I know that uh, they had their mistakes, but, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, Sylvester Stallone. Anybody remember those kind of movies, Rambo and Terminator and the good guys winning and all of that? Has anybody seen their Netflix specials? They're old men now. And we're all getting older, aren't we? They're coming off of their thrones. You see... Whether you like it or not, you're not always going to be the strongest. You're not always going to be the prettiest. Listen to me, young ladies. You're not always going to be the richest. Even these people, I was watching a World War II documentary. Hitler thought he had it all when he was conquering Poland and conquering all those nations. He didn't last very long. and He was brought down. I love how Mary says that. They were all brought down. He humbles them. He brings down rulers from their thrones. He lifts up the humble. So imagine on that day when kings come here Brings them down. And then he goes to the meek among us and says, you, TJ, step up here. You, Sister uh, Catherine, you step up here. And then we see what the kingdom of God was like. It was always like this. It's just that we weren't thinking right. He said the kingdom of God is coming to earth. And pray for it even now. Amen? As Daryl comes to the keys, he has filled the hungry with good things. But the rich he has sent away empty. And everybody said... Amen. And guess what? You're part of that rich. According to the world standards, did you know that America is one of the richest nations in the world? So, brothers and sisters, don't let your riches take away your hunger for God. How many have friends that celebrate Christmas but have no Christ in the Mass? Come on. You're going to see them, you know, Tuesday when you get back to work. Oh, well, our Christmas was just amazing. I got Billy this, and then I got Jane that, and we did this. What you need, you need to ask them is, did you talk about Christ? Did you have Christ up in there at any point? Oh, no, we just don't do that. We just kind of do it like this. This is our family tradition. Listen to hell with your family tradition if it doesn't have Christ. If it doesn't have Christ, it's going to burn up. You better make sure that under that tree, you talk about Jesus. You better talk to them when you give them that PS5. Before they play it, it's about Jesus. Jesus gave us his best. That's why we're giving our gifts, right? That's why we do it, huh? Don't forget it, but stay hungry. Yeah, we're in America. America, self-made. We're self-made. Yeah, we're a self-made mess. We said we don't trust in the dollar bill, and yeah, that's all we keep putting our trust in is a bunch of rich people who keep using and abusing us. What are we going to learn? Stay hungry for God. The older I've gotten, the more blessed I've gotten, the more I realize how much I need Jesus. Some of these young people, they look at my cars, you know. They're like, oh, man, that's a nice car. Let me tell you guys, that car gets boring after the first day and just becomes another four wheels. Every now and then people say, oh, I love your house. I love your house. Let me just tell you son. One argument with mama in the house, all that peace and quiet, that goes away. And all you want now is just the peace back. Because if, if you don't have a wife that loves you and a husband that loves you in a marriage, that house will do nothing for you. They interviewed Shaq after the divorce, and he said that mansion was the prison cell of my soul. It was the loneliest place I'd ever been because my family was gone. But look at the house I built because I work with my hands, and I do this all the time. Yes, sir, you, you do that, and God bless you for it. But if you don't provide for your wife and for your kids, you're going to lose that house. You're going to have no family and we have to wake up and say, even if we're in those situations, what are we going to do now? Get hungry for God. Say, this is all I got left then. Maybe a lonely Christmas right now, but I got Jesus. I'm going to get hungry for Jesus. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to put God first. Be a generation that seeks his face. Amen. And what does it say here? Lastly, verse 54, and the last bit here, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy. God has been kind to Israel to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. There's only one reason and one reason only why we are still here as a nation. It's because our nation has been helping Israel. The moment the United States stops backing Israel, we will no longer have the protection of God over this nation. Just telling you that. Come back next week or the week's following if you want to learn about end times. But the Bible says, he remembers Israel. And when all the nations come and go, Israel will still remain. And as we started, now let us end. Put up the slide for me, please. The word of God will not fail. The kingdom of God is coming to this earth. He's going to plant his feet in Jerusalem. We're going to rule and reign with him. But we need to honor him now. We need to live for Jesus now. We need to put him first in all that we do. Because if we don't, our families will perish Our life and our accomplishments will turn to dust. And we'll be left just with sand falling through our fingertips, wondering where it all went. But if we today hold on to his promises, we will reap the blessings that Mary was talking about. Mary back then was telling us what life was about. It was about praising God. It was about understanding how to fear him and passing it down from generation to generation. It was about going out into the world and making a difference, whether they're kings or janitors, telling them to live for Jesus and to make sure in our lives we never forget what he promised he would do. And that's... He's coming back for us. Jesus' birth, think about it, friends, as real as his birth, death, resurrection was, and ascension is as real as his second coming will be. And so it's for that purpose we'll end the service now with our band and altar workers coming up. If you could stand up with me. Can you bless the Lord today on Christmas Eve? Isn't Christ worth the celebration? As we get ready to go, I just want to thank you again for coming out with your friends and family. I'll be hanging out at the uh, front of the church and limping back as quick as I can. If anybody wants to shake my hand and greet me today, I don't normally get to do that when we do services together because I have to get ready for the second. But I'm just going to hang out with you if anybody wants to say hi. And I want to bless you. Just thank you for making this your home church. If you're a visitor, come say hi. But as we get ready to close, I'm going to give everybody one more opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Before we get ready to celebrate with our families, and some of you are a little bit of a, you know, anxious cheaters a little bit, you start celebrating Christmas on Christmas Eve. Anybody like that? You guys, we open our gifts on Christmas Eve. You know, I tried to talk my parents into that, but they didn't let me do it. Does, does anybody get to open one gift on Christmas Eve? Anybody's family? You get to have one. That's what my parents. Are. Well, I'll give you one. I want to bless you before we go. But more importantly, before I close our I close out our service with prayer. Let's just close our eyes in a moment of reflection and prayer and look whether or not you're ready to serve Jesus, to see him in heaven, and to rule and reign with him. Because if you're not saved, you can't do that. Look at your heart. Look at your life. Father, I ask you right now to examine every one of us. If we have not been living for you, if we have not been putting your commands first, may we now repent and be born again. May every person here who doesn't yet know you or love you or serve you make you the king of their life. May they be like Mary who said, I will do what you want as your servant. A few moments right now. If you're not a Christian yet, become one. Become a follower of Christ. Confess your sins and ask him to be the Lord of your life. It could be a simple prayer as we prayed earlier, like, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. I want you to be my Lord and my God. I want to serve you. A few moments. The rest of us, if you're already Christians, look at your heart and see if you're being obedient. Because some of you could be like Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, who was a godly person. But when he was asked to do something outside of his comfort zone, he resisted. Come on. Any resistance here? Let go and let God have his way right now. A few moments. Father, have your way in my family, have your way in my marriage, have your way in my holiness and how I act, have your way in all that I do, my job. Any resistance comes to mind, get rid of it. Say, Lord, forgive me and put me on the right path right now. And then lastly, as we get ready to get, to get going here, let's pray for this nation, pray for our city and pray for peace to come on earth and goodwill towards men. Father, I pray for the city right now. I pray for your peace to come. From our government, God, all the way to the children in the streets, to our schools, to our businesses. We pray for the violence to end, the corruption to end. We pray for the Prince of Peace to bring peace in the name of Jesus. We pray for repentance of sin, that young people will turn from their wicked ways. That those seeking divorce or adulterous affairs or anything going wrong in marriages will repent. That those, God, who are confused about their sexuality, God, will know who you made them to be in Jesus' name. Father, we just ask you to have your way. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Can you bless him one last time today with us in the church? You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day. If you're needing prayer or want to come up and talk with us, come on up.